What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am once again your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me for the first time uh, since we've been on Twitch, certainly, and, and probably since late last year, we have a very special guest, the host of the Keeping Carlson podcast. And uh, this is my... This is maybe my hottest fantasy hockey take. The true fantasy hockey robot, Elon <gasps> Dabrowski. Elon, how are you, my friend, on this fine, fine Thursday evening? I mean, uh, John was saying in the chat here that I look like Mr. Robot, so I think it all comes to... Though, actually, technically, Mr. Robot wasn't Elliot, or, or was he? Actually, oh, anyways, we don't want to get too deep into wow, the Mr. Robot spoilers. spoilers, like a but, minute into the pod. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, I know that this is supposed to be short shifts, and I'll do my best to keep it short, but I feel like we talked about quite a few things in advance of players we want to discuss. I think we have a list of like 30 guys, so this is going to be a blast. I cut 15 of them immediately, knowing that you would be on the show and uh, taking up this much time just to talk about, uh, just to spoil Mr. Robot. <laughs> um, I do want to let people know that they should be joining us on Twitch on Tuesdays and Thursdays, twitch.tv slash Keeping Carlson. If you are in the chat right now, or if you were in the chat, you would see the extent to which Elon looks like a hacker is truly incredible. Uh, but that is all the time that we have to talk about Elon's appearance for this week's show we got to talk about some fantasy hockey news and elon we're gonna talk about a player who came up on your show last week uh, on the keeping carlson mega show last sunday that's kevin fiala um who as you guys mentioned had been moved down the depth chart to line three uh playing with rasmus gupari and carl grunstrom in the bottom six of la i mean obviously the thing with fiala going to LA was that he was going to be line one power play one. Everybody was very excited. The thought of him going from line two power play two in Minnesota to, you know, potentially the best line mates he's ever had at even strength. Uh, pretty tempting. But even though he's been moved down to the bottom six over the last three games, he is lighting it up with six points, even though he played 15 minutes in two of those games. He now is up to 13 points in 12 games this season. It looks like he has not missed a step after leaving Minnesota. And not only that, in Minnesota or in uh, LA, Carl Grundstrom, who is just 1% rostered on Yahoo, has four points in the last four games, three of those games being spent with Mr. Fiala. So, Elon, I'm wondering if you're starting to buy in on Kevin Fiala being a superstar. I remember you being a little bit hesitant about him in LA just because we hadn't seen him there yet. And, you know, just having a little bit of concern in the offseason that he might not gel too quickly. 13 points to the first 12, obviously looking pretty good. And he's still productive on the third line. And my follow-up question is, at what point does Grunstrom become someone you'd add to a fantasy roster? It's funny, because I was nervous that he wasn't going to gel with, you know, Kopitar. And it, I guess he kind of didn't. <laughs> like, it wasn't going so well with him on the top line. And now it's like, this is, we should just call him third line Fiala from now on. That's where he seems to thrive. Because on Minnesota, he was also playing with like you know before Matt Boldy came he was playing with what Goudreau and I don't even remember the names of guys that Fiala was stuck playing with I guess I can bring that up right now uh but yeah I, first of all Ben from now on we no longer can we assume people going to LA are gonna play with Kopitar because we already went through this last year with Arvidsson right he was going to LA and we we're like oh Arvidsson and Kopitar and before you knew it that changed and now this year Fiala as well so I don't know it, it's it's an interesting thing that happens where we always assume but it's crazy that now he's doing so well on the third line he's producing obviously still on the top power play uh recently his you know he's on the streak of like eight points in his last five games a couple of them on the power play that still leaves six points in five games 
not on the power play. Yeah, playing with the likes of Carl Grundstrom. Maybe it's just the kind of thing where he wants to be the driver of the line, you know? Like, he he needs to be the center of attention. And hey, whatever's working for him. And it's great for the Kings. Whenever they don't play Cal Peterson, they look like a really good team now because they're rolling with three lines that are being productive. So as far as your question goes, yeah, I'm, I'm into Fiala. Like, now it seems like if we see him producing in not such a great roster spot that we don't even have to worry about him getting bumped. Like it could only potentially get better or stay the same. I don't, I doubt he's like a point per game guy. Like he's, you know, taking two or three shots a game. So that's not the type of person that you'd expect to be this like huge goal scorer. Like I prefer like someone who's like closer to three shots per game on average, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I see him as like maybe a 70 ish point guy moving forward. I, I, I don't know, Ben, if you'll say that this is like too being too lukewarm on him, but I think that's kind of a reasonable expectation. And then as far as Grundstrom goes, I mean, stream him if the Kings have a good schedule, but who knows? Like, who even knows if that line will stick? Fiala, Grundstrom, Kupari, like, there easily could be someone else. Like, uh, what about Kaliev? What line is he on? Like, I, I guess he's on line four. Kaliev's also hot. So it's like people from all over this lineup are able to produce. We uh, we actually call him King Arthur on this podcast. I see. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah so I the first thought that I have on this topic is I, I do have to think that there's a very strong chance that he does move back up. Um, as you guys discussed on Sunday, nobody sees that second line getting cut uh, or split up. I do kind of see that as maybe the the potential downside is maybe that that second line gets less offensive opportunity because it is such a strong two-way line. Um, but I think that I'm, I'm kind of nervous about Kevin Fiala. Like, obviously, it's, it's possible for players to get hot in the bottom six, but getting 15 minutes in two of the, the last three is not very exciting for me. Uh, as you mentioned, the shots are kind of down this year, down a full shot a game. Uh, so, you know, in previous seasons... Fiala would start slow and everyone would be losing their minds about him. And then I would always be able to buy low on Kevin Fiala like a month into the season. It was wonderful. Uh, this year, I would not be looking to buy low on him. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit. But you couldn't I, buy I, low on him because he has 13 points in 12 yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean to say like if somebody came to me and was like, uh, tried to get me to buy on Kevin Fiala, I would be less excited about it than in any other year, uh, in the past few years. I think, um, yeah, 70 points actually seems pretty decent to me. I think that's where I would go if he maintains this deployment. I would guess he gets back up to the top line, though, and assuming he gets back up to 17 plus minutes a night, probably he can do that 85 point uh season I, I would say he can replicate what he did last year uh, assuming the shots start to return to his game yeah it's um, a lot of assumptions assuming the shots get back and he gets back to the top line so that's why yeah. i'm just gonna hedge say 17 if you could I'm get like there. a point if you could get a point per game guy for him then yeah i would make that swap yes yeah definitely uh let's hop over to another uh team that's seen some shakeups this week and that's in buffalo where kyle ocposo is uh, taking over for my boy Alex Tuck on line one, playing with the red hot Tage Thompson and Jeffrey Skinner, who have obviously been going ballistic lately. We talked about Tage in particular on Tuesday. Uh, Ocposo has also been going wild, has five points in his last three, and is just 5% rostered on Yahoo, has been a wonderful streamer this week with three off-night games on a week where finding decent forward streamers has been very challenging. I guess the question I have now is, Elon, as we get closer, I guess the the Sabres have one more off night tomorrow night. Uh, then on Saturday, it's probably going to be a, a challenge to get Ocposo into most rosters. And then next week, they're back to a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, 
does Ocposo remain a hold for you next week when Buffalo has that, you know, opposite of a streamagami, whatever, whatever cousin mm-hmm. Dave calls that? I mean, so Tage Thompson is up to 11 points in his last three games. Mm-hmm. It's just insanity. So I feel like you're not dropping the guy that's playing with him. Like, I guess it depends, obviously, who your other options are. But I'm s- probably thinking that Ocposo, I don't expect him to be a season-long hold for sure. But, you yeah. know, in these last three games where Thompson's had 11 points, Ocposo's had five so even if he falls off a bit, like, I, it's just basically like, do you believe, and I don't think Tage Thompson is going to get like 200 points this season, but you know, you got to kind of ride a hot streak while it's going. So let's see what happens tomorrow and Friday. If, you know, they slow down a little bit, then maybe come Sunday, you decide to swap for someone else with a better schedule next mm-hmm. week. But Ocposo, you know, he's been like uh, this whole career where he started really strong and he had all these injury tr- uh, troubles in Buffalo and sort of we'd forgotten about him and assumed he's like kind of like a Jonathan Taves a little bit where now this year he's having a bit of a resurgence and last year also Ocposo was doing a lot better than we expected like, he had a 50 point pace last year we're very quiet after being like a 30 point guy for the pe- previous three years uh, so yeah he's 34 years old he seems to be in good shape and while he's on the top line that's someone you want right so it depends obviously if your free agency has other top line guys uh, that are that are on hot streaks then it becomes tougher but yeah give me a guy on the top line that's uh, cruising right now with one of the hottest players in the league and jumping over to washington next we uh you know pat peter laviolette must have something against me because i took time out of my day i took time out of our show i went through the washington lineup and and sort of gave a few recommendations based on you know dylan strome line one power play one Laviolette rudely changes those lines up after I do after I do this segment, and today he announces Ovechkin and Kuznetsov have been reunited. They have combined for a goal Thursday night, which is nice to see for uh, Kuznetsov managers that have been holding on through a vicious cold streak. Uh, Connor Sheary also holding on to line one right wing in the Tom Wilson spot. And then on line two, Dylan Strom has moved down and is playing between Anthony Mantha and Marcus Johansson. Definitely a bit of a downgrade for Strom here, who I still would want to hold while he's hot. Um, I do want to add, you know, Nick Jensen has been really hot on the on the defensive end. Yahoo's most added player today uh, and has five points in the last six with big hit and block numbers. Uh, my question for you, Elon, any sustainability for Nick Jensen? The big concern there is obviously no power play minutes. Top power play going to Eric Gustafson while John Carlson remains on the injured reserve list. And Gustafson did get a power play assist in his first game on the top unit. Nothing so far Thursday and nothing on Tuesday night either. So Elon, I'm curious, A, if you believe in Nick Jensen, and I'm also curious if you'd rather have him or Eric Gustafson in the short term. (laughs) The Caps do play four games next week. Yeah, I think this is where I'll help keep this as a short shift. I don't have interest in Nick Jensen. Wow. I I just don't really want to even discuss it much further. Like, I guess he's good for peripherals. But come on, like, it's a hot streak that's definitely not going to sustain. This is a guy, what, his career high is 23-point pace. Uh, So I wouldn't be uh, falling over myself to get Nick Jensen. Eric Gustafsson also sucks. Uh, I don't mean to say Nick Jensen sucks, by the way. Like, he's a good, like, all-around player, I'm sure. Uh, Eric Gustafson, I actually think, does suck. And I don't think he'll hold this for long. And I think if you add him, there's a good chance that you'll add Eric Gustafson thinking you're getting a power play one guy, and then he'll get healthy scratched. And you'll be like, man, I really blew that ad. So uh, I think Orlov is the only defenseman you probably want on this team while John Carlson is injured. And even that, like, isn't that great. 
And uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, those are my thoughts on the Washington defenseman. Do you disagree? Do you think that Nick Jensen is gonna just like rock rock it to like a forty five point pace this year after never being more than twenty three point guy at the age of thirty two? No, I think he's a streamable option, though. Um, I like that they play four times next week. The uh, Capitals do have a streamagami, which is cool, although I don't really care about streamagami for defensemen because yeah. I tend not to have enough that I that it actually makes a difference um, on most of my – especially in a points league uh, like the Kakupful. Um, Can I comment quickly on the forwards because the defensemen are, like, too boring to me? Uh, well, so, you did just ask me a question about the defense, so I will give, I know, and you I will it. give it my great. take there. No, I, Jensen is streamable. I would hold on to Eric Gustafson. I, I would rather stream Eric Gustafson just because I hate watching a player that I add for peripherals do nothing. Uh, so, yeah, what's up? Tell me about the forwards. I will say that uh, so Washington had lost their last couple of games, so it makes mm-hmm. sense why they decided to switch things yes. around and yeah, reunite yeah. Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, it should stick. Like, obviously, we'll have to see how yeah. it goes, but I would like for it to stick. Like, Kuznetsov is someone who had so much success last year, and Washington's having all these injury troubles. Mm-hmm. And I think that line of now Sherry, Kuznetsov, and Ovechkin, if it sticks, I think all, like Sherry becomes really interesting. As a streamer, like that's the person I'd want for the streamagami. Like, why even add a defenseman if you could fit this person into all your games next week? Because it's on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Hmm. I think uh, go out and grab Connor Sherry in that spot. And yeah, Dylan Strome, I guess now we'll have to see if he can maintain much fantasy relevance if he's playing on a line with who would it be with Oshi injured? Is it like oh Mantha and Marcus Johansson? Like you said, yeah. So uh, yeah, it might might be tough sledding for Dylan Strome. He is on that power play. But uh, definitely at this point, it might be the opportunity for Kuznetsov to finally take a hold of that line one spot and hold it. But who knows? You have to see like how the rest of this game goes today and then, you know, see if they can get some consistency going and get a run going where they don't end up having to shift things around again. Yeah, I'm excited to see if Strom can uh, pick up on some of that mojo jojo. Uh, We are going to take a very (laughs) quick break, Elon. When we come back, we've got some streaks to talk about. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm here with Alon Dabrowski, <laughs> uh, owner of Twitter.com, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elon, we are moving. We're barreling through the show. We're into the... Uh, my first order of business is if you're going to do a line tweet and you put only the players' numbers and not their names in the line tweet, you're banned. You're off Twitter. You're not allowed. Wow. What about free speech, Elon? What about... <laughs> um, right, no one knows talk... these numbers. And then when I like message the beat writer <laughs> being like, can you retweet, uh, like, can you tweet out a version with the players' names, please? Then like all the fans of that team are messaging like, how can you not know the like Arizona Coyotes numbers that you call yourself a fan? It's like, okay, bro, I don't know what Nick Bjugstad's number is. I'm sorry. You're okay. talking though, Elon, you're going into the room full of people that are just fans of one team and <laughs> acting like you're in a room full of people who should agree with you. It's like they, those beat writers only, they're there to interact with fans, except for. They don't know, understand the that they're actually there to populate gamedaytweets.com. I can't believe <laughs> that you're doing this to short shifts right now. You're coming in and you're arguing with me about Twitter. Uh, on, you brought it up. You said I own this, Twitter. I wanted to tell this. you the things that I would change about Twitter. Anyway, anyway, we're getting into the streak section. Elon, you cannot stop this train. We are just flying by. And uh, we got to talk about the person I hate the most on God's <laughs> green earth at this point, And that's Hampus Lindholm. Nine points in his last six games played, including a four-point night on Tuesday that 
absolutely broke my back in the cupful. I am just devastated about this. I am. I think I'm still winning by two points. Anyway, uh, I'm. I will never forgive you for this, Hampus. Uh, however, I am a professional, so I can talk about him. Uh, I will put my personal biases aside and. Talk about the fact that he's still getting top power play minutes without Krejci in the lineup. There is a, a possibility that Krejci returns to the Bruins lineup this weekend. It will be very interesting to see if they go back to that five forward look that they showed uh, when Marshan first came back. Um, Lindholm is playing a ton of minutes with Charlie McAvoy out of the lineup, doing decent banger numbers. So he's you know pretty much useful in all formats as of yet. Uh, my question for you, though, Elon, is McAvoy looks to be rounding the corner, getting ready to return in the next few weeks. Does he stand to ruin Hampus Lindholm's breakout? Or do you think there's a chance that the Bruins, you know, they look like a wagon this year. They look incredible. Is there a chance that they could they could uh, hold two very solid uh, fantasy options on defense? Kind of like I would think of this as kind of like a Makar Devontae situation last year. Yeah, I no, it's possible. I doubt it. I think that if you have Lindholm right now, now's your opportunity to try to sell him and get whatever you can. I think once McAvoy is back, he's the main offensive guy on the team. He's going to run the top power play. And Lindholm will probably go back to being like a solid 30 to 35 point guy like he was last year when he got to Boston. I don't see why like this year should be any different than last year. So this is an amazing streak. And if you have Lindholm, either you can ride it out and enjoy it because McAvoy might still be whatever, a few more games and you can like mm-hmm. win your matchup. But if you can get like a big return from him, if you could try to convince, play that part of Ben's question and not the part of my answer, but like then change the intonation of Ben's question to be more like a statement and, and say that he's basically the Devontae's, then perhaps you can get a sweet return for Lindholm. But yeah, I think his value right now is the highest it's going to be for the rest of the season. That's yeah, I mean, That's he's coming off a four-point game, so that definitely tracks. I do think when we suggest things like that, I'm going to push back. Don't Please. manipulate your friends into uh, <laughs> into making bad trades with you. I feel like that's a scorched earth. I, I, I'm coming out as anti-bad trade uh, negotiating. I'm, uh, right. I'm well, anti-Brian. Fair. <laughs> How about then just like put it out in your league chat saying Lindholm on the block. Let them come to you. It's mm-hmm. not your fault if someone wants to, wants to bite. Uh, John is saying in the chat here that Lindholm makes a lot of money, though. Yeah, Lindholm is going to play big minutes. And he's like, but I think he's more of a defensive uh, help for the team. Or maybe he's like a good offensive defenseman in like a secondary role, maybe like an Orlov, like we were just talking about on Washington. But I just don't see, just be, I, like, I, I'm not worried about Lindholm getting benched. I'm not worried about Lindholm. But like, they didn't bring him in to be the power play one quarterback. So even if he's making lots of money, I think he's getting paid to do what he's going to do. What I will say, though, is that we are talking about a guy who just spent his entire career on a team that could not support an offensive or like a, I get what you're saying. a defenseman yeah. who could put up pretty decent numbers um, offensively. And Hampus Lindholm has a reputation of being a, an extremely talented uh, defenseman. I wouldn't be too shocked if Boston was good enough and Lindholm himself was talented enough to... Yeah, put up like 45, 50 points and like not going to be, you know, Jacob Truba with the peripherals, but like could be somebody who's putting up, let's say, three and a half uh, cupful points uh, on average. And oh, that's, yeah. 
you know, above above replacement level, if not like somebody who, like you say, has you have an opportunity to sell high on if possible. Yeah, I definitely didn't mean to say like, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page. Right? I don't think mm-hmm. that he's going to fall to being like fantasy irrelevant. Like, I think he'll be yeah, worth a okay. roster spot, but I don't, just don't think he's like going to be this like superstar that's going to stick on the top power play and get like in deep leagues points. too. It yeah. sounds like we're agreeing. Like, I'm not saying like in a 10 team league, I'm going to be holding on to Hampus Lindholm and like hoping while he's not on the top. Like if he goes cold in a, a shallow league, I'm very fine to drop Hampus Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about another player who is going to be a deep league only ad, I would say. And before we get into a uh, a very, very rostered player, uh, this is called a tease in the biz. Uh, let's talk about Jonathan Taves, who's very hot out in Chicago. Six points in his last six games. And that's without Tyler Johnson, who uh, low-key was very, very <laughs> oh, good no. to start the year. Um, I mean, he was... It, Tyler Johnson, I think, put up six points in six games, too. So it's surprising that Jonathan Taves was playing with Tyler Johnson, did nothing, and then the the hot player on his line went out. I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was adding a little tidbit. I'm sorry for... Uh, no, you're adding for bo- flavor, and, I, and I'm enjoying you, it. For boring you, Elon. Yeah, no, no, my oh, no, was just adding more flavor on top of it. Mm-hmm, I thought it was mm-hmm, that we were rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah, the yeah. biz, we call that uh, a building on <laughs> Banter. top. Banter. I don't know. Banter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, now Jonathan Taze is playing with Philip Kurashev and Taylor Radish, and he's getting power play one with Patrick Kane, Max Domi, the aforementioned Radish, and Caleb Jones, who we talked about on the Tuesday show, put up a power play assist on Tuesday night. Uh, The bummer with Taze, of course, is that his minutes are down this year, and he's shooting over 30%, which is three times higher than his three-season average. Uh, so very likely, I think, to come down on the shooting side, if you regress the shooting percentage, he's looking like just a, a mid-six guy who's having a bit of a hot streak. Uh, my question is, are you buying into this hot streak at all? And I feel like I, I would be shocked if you go against me here. No, like, okay, <laughs> I do kind of like Wow, it. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. I know that I... I Tell me more. Uh, you know, I was, I say, I used up all my cold water on Nick Jensen and, and Hampus Lindholm. So now I can uh, just be happy about Jonathan Taves. Because look, like, you first can of all, shower you shower Jonathan Taves in hot water. <laughs> his, uh, you say his ice time is down, but if you look at his most recent five or so games, it's like back up like 19 minutes, 19 minutes. I see 20 minutes in that game versus the Islanders. So it might have just been a slow start to the season. And then now they're ramping him up. Also, like Jonathan Taves, if you look at his career numbers, like last season, is a real like blip, right? Like before that, he was a 70 point guy, like in 2019, 20, then he missed a whole year. Then last year was really disappointing, but I think it's possible that he just wasn't like fully recovered, you know, kind of like the Kyle Poso discussion from before. Like I, it, like, and I don't know, like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, like, with Jonathan Taves. But, like, he is a player who recently we thought was a really good player. Then he had a very difficult injury, this whole, like, COVID thing with his, and his head. And, like, and so I'm not, like, for sure going to just assume that he's not good anymore, you know? Like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a 70-point guy. But I think he might be, like, rosterable in the couple, which is a 14-team league. And I think that he might be someone that is still available in free agency just because of his bad year last year. But, you know, I don't know. Like I, I like the high minutes lately. And if those keep up and he's on the top power play and this Chicago team actually is able to score goals, which wasn't something we expected, but I guess somehow they're figuring out a way. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of into Jonathan Taves. So what I'll push back on here is that a big thing going on with Jonathan Taves is that he in the last two years are the only time in his career where he's played fewer than 50 percent 
offensive zone starts, and that co- happens to coincide with the fall off. Uh, he also is seeing a huge uptick in his power play IPP. This year he has three power play points. Last year he had seven uh, across 71 games, and he's not seeing any uptick in his power play usage. So to and as I said, he is shooting 32 percent while averaging. Two, below two shots a game, which is once again in line with his numbers last year. So I definitely am not trying to say that I think that he's incapable of doing better than the 44-point pace that he had last year, but I think we might be talking about a 50- to 55-point guy who runs hot once in a while, as opposed to somebody who is going to be rostered in a 14-team league all season. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Uh, Next week, Chicago doesn't have a great schedule. They don't play till Thursday. They just go Thursday, Saturday, and those are two busy days. But if come Thursday you have a roster spot and he's still out there, I'd give him a shot. And let's also see how he does today and Saturday. Like, I, I yeah, I'm definitely not saying it's a guarantee, but I think I wouldn't just like write him off completely. Uh, especially like offensive zone starts. I kind of don't even care about that. I don't even know how much that actually affects things. Uh, Brian used to be super into looking into players to get more offensive or defensive zone starts. And sort of, I, I think in the end, he kind of came to a conclusion that it doesn't play as big a role as people used to think it does. Because the game mm-hmm. is so, you, you start in one zone, and then before you know it, the play mm-hmm. is in, in all the zones. It's a it's an exciting game, this hockey. It's very, I recommend, I I recommend people you're... watch it. I don't think you're arguing. I think you're picking a bit of a straw man in the in my point about the offensive zone, which is just it dictates that the usage that the coach is giving him mm-hmm. is less on the offensive side. I'm not trying to say that he is not going to get uh, like that. He won't move the puck down or anything, but right, it's just like it shows a trend in that they're not trying to use him in as offensive a position. Like his offensive zone start percentage is down from 57 in 2020 to 41 this year. So. Obviously, he's getting a different role on the team. I'm not like, I wouldn't look at it like, for example, if he went from 60 to 55 points from one year to the next, that's a more or less like a, a negligible amount over 82 games. Like, you never know if it's just uh, he goes cold for a bit too long or whatever. But like, we are talking about like a statistical, a statistically significant difference, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the data of like if that how that's changed throughout this season. Like I'm just seeing on frozen tools, like, you know, overall on the season, 40% mm-hmm. offensive zone starts. But also like, like I said, the first few games of the season, he was playing 15, 16 minutes. And these last few games, he's been playing 20, 19 minutes. So I'd be interested to know if things have changed for some reason in these more recent games. We'll just need a bigger sample size. At the end of the day, it's only like, you know, 11 games into the season. He's he's interesting to me. I'm definitely not saying to like, you know, buy him, like trade like a lot for him. But if he's mm-hmm. in free agency, he's interesting. And I would maybe consider adding him if I was able to fit him into games just to see what's going on with him. Well, I can uh, look at the offensive zone starts ah. my game because uh, I know how to use naturalstatric.com. Oh, I should have gone there. Okay. And uh, it looks as though he had 42 three nights ago or two games ago. 17% the night before or the game after and tonight he's at 40. So who like I think at that point we are looking at very statistically insignificant uh numbers just looking at a single game sample. Um but I I do take your point that I'm not trying to say like he's uh definitely bad because of where like because he has a lower mm. offensive we're on the same page we're just making content here we agree. we're making genius content here that's right elon let's get into the final streak of the night and this oh is a God. cold streak and somehow uh we've already jinxed this player bat or anti-jinxed this player they have a goal tonight of course we're talking about tim stutzla 
I would say maybe the one universal breakout candidate this season, Tim Stutzla. Uh, the only question coming into 2023, it felt like with with people, the way they talked about Stutzla in fantasy was how the new acquisitions in Ottawa would change things for him. And then everything looked like it was coming together. The Sens didn't put Giroux or Dabrinkit on the top power play. And then a few games into the season, before Josh Norris even got a hurt, Stutzla took over top line between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Really seemed like the stars were aligned for that breakout. And instead, prior to tonight, Stutzla pacing for just 55 points down from the 60 points he paced for a year ago and way down from the second half uh, turnaround that he showed last year. He had no points in the three games prior to this and just one shot in those three games as well. The shot rates down on the year, which is really unusual to see for a young player that's kind of breaking out the way that Stutzla had been the last two years. Um, And then Prior to tonight's game, it was announced he's moved. He's being moved off the top line for Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson and is now playing with Claude Giroux and Alex Dabrinkit. And that's where he scores this goal tonight. So, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of the... He gels a little bit better with the second line. It's not like the, the difference between line one and line two in Ottawa is a massive one in terms of talent. Like, that might be one of the better one-two punches in the NHL. Uh, so I guess my question for you is whether or not this is a buy low opportunity for Stutzla or if you're afraid of what we've seen the past three, four games. Well, the interesting thing is that his goal today was assisted by Brady Kachuk, actually. So maybe the lines have already been shifting around again because Ottawa was down 5-1 to one to Vegas, and then they've scored two goals in the, the second to bring it to 5-3 uh, going into the third here. So we'll have to see. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about him. I think, yeah, yeah. buy low if you can. Like Tim, Tim Stutzler is like a really awesome player, maybe even the guy who, in hindsight, will, people will talk about should have gone first in his draft. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so uh, he's playing in a good spot. He's like he's playing with good players. Whether he plays with Kachuk and Batherson or whether he plays with Dabrinkit and Giroux, it's, it's a good spot. And I just think he has a ton of potential. And he's definitely a guy that I would buy on if he's getting dropped or if someone's like giving him up, up for cheap. Then, yeah, he's definitely someone I'd be interested in getting in on the ground floor of. By the way, also another interesting thing from this Ottawa game, uh, Anton Forsberg pulled after letting in four or five goals on 19 shots. And Cam Talbot came in and has stopped three shots so far that he's faced. And so we'll see how the third period goes. So Tam- Helberg Cam would have stopped five. <laughs> yeah. This is from the pre-show discussion. I'd like to see Helberg get another game. I'm just saying he, he played really well in that first game. But anyways, Talbot was already slated to get the Saturday start. Uh, mm-hmm. So now maybe a more interesting question than Stutzler, because to me, the que- answer is just, unless you disagree, is like Stutzler's is good and you should get him if you can. Uh, more interesting now is like, is Anton Forsberg like droppable? If like, no, he- no, that's too soon. I think he's still the one a, uh, just we'll because of how good he's been already this year. I actually have a more interesting point to make. I oh. feel like we're doing kind of a tennis match here, uh, arguing over whose point is more interesting. Can't wait. But it turns out that the lineup has shifted, uh, up front as well in Ottawa. And, it's not a um, Stutzel's not playing between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. He's playing between Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. Man, wow! So, how many ways can you combine these six offensive superstars? <laughs> Should in we Ottawa? do the factorial on air? I think what we're saying though is that we're happy with all of these guys. We would be happy to have any of them on our roster. It looks like Shane Pinto is now officially in that top six, with no concern about him uh, being pushed out for a aging scrub like 
uh, Derek Broussard. So I'm yeah. good with all that. But Shane Pinto still hasn't done anything since he's gotten into that spot. I hope he's not like a Kevin Fiala where he's only good at scoring from the third line. And actually when he gets into the top six, he goes quiet. Like I'm excited. I have Pinto in a couple leagues and I'm excited about his roster spot. But also it's like, I need him to get a point now because how long am I going to hold this guy because he's in a good spot if he's not doing anything? So let's go, Shane. We got another period to go. I want to see something. I'm not into Shane Pinto. I remain not into Shane Pinto. He barely shoots. Uh, Yeah. Or I'm sorry. I should rephrase. I think the reason why Shane Pinto isn't scoring has more to do with the fact that he doesn't shoot enough and his shooting percentage is wildly unsustainable. Remains at 35% despite the fact that he hasn't scored in the last two games because he barely shoots. Uh, Elon, I, I gotta thank you for coming on the show, but that's all the time we have for tonight. You have taken over somehow 40 minutes or something of this, uh, this broadcast. I feel like it's a bit of a pirate radio situation, uh, (laughs) but I'm so happy that you came by. Thank you for hanging out with me. And, uh, you have anything to plug? Where should people uh, find your work? (laughs) I mean, wherever you found this, stay here and you'll get my work okay so be subscribe to keeping carlson i think we've got a really awesome lineup this season with the short shifts with dave betton's stream scheme and then brian and i on sunday we're, we're keeping you fed with everything you need for fantasy hockey so all you need to do is come to the trough i'm trying to keep this going here subscribe okay download all the episodes and we're going to do our best to give you good content great job ben this has been so much fun it wouldn't have been such a long shift if you just agreed with me about uh, jonathan Tay. so i blame it more on you than on me thanks everyone bye Thank you for joining us, everyone. Be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson and Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. That's my cousin. I also recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News on Twitter. Visit oh, can I correct break- you, by the way? You guys always say it, and I appreciate it, but it's actually at Game Day News NHL. We'd love if you own a, if you have at Game Day News. Uh, call us up. We'll take it. I'm changing it in Lewis's slit. This is this is so unprofessional. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see y'all next time, play smart and keep those shifts much shorter than Elon. <laughs> <laughs>